Pulp MX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill... Then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. From the Moto X Pod Show. He's a celebrity, dark side. All right, first up, brought to you by our new sponsor, Seal Savers. It's Mason Mills from Seal Savers. What's up, Mason? Hey, Darkside. How's it going, man? It's going good, dude. I am uh, stoked to have you on here and glad you came on as a sponsor. And I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment. But first, I want to also thank our uh, or introduce our second guest, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. It's Kyle Duvall. Uh, you guys would know Kyle. He called in a few weeks ago uh, with talking to JT and uh, told the story about getting his pecker stuck in a zipper. So that's good stuff. What's up, Kyle? <laughs> it's good to be on the show, and I'm very happy, Mason, with the work that you're doing to saving the seals. Um, <laughs> I usually personally I don't think he likes that. support Save Our Seeds or, yeah, the Save Our Seeds Foundation. That's, so I'm glad that you're working with them as well. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're saving the seals. I'm I'm glad to know at least you got your pants on facing the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in I'm in Hawaii, so I think you could just, you could serve us well here. Well, we're, <laughs> all right. We're gonna get into that in just a second. Um, I do want to tell you guys at the end of this episode there is a new uh, episode of Hello Pookie, and I would really love to hear from all the listeners if you have anything for Pookie, any questions, any topics you want to talk about coming up. Uh, we'd like to get those to her. We're going to discuss episode 436 tonight with Kate Clayson in studio. And on the phone, he had Alden Baker, Brandon Hartraft, uh, Justin Barsha, and Tim Ritchie from Redbud. So it's a really great show. Um, right off the bat, Kyle, just give me your overall thoughts on the episode. What did you think of 436? What I thought is it's for sure a hard follow-up from the previous episode. Um, it's this is just a personal opinion, take it, leave it, hate it, whatever it is, is I think with one guest in studio, Cade was awesome. He's very articulate, very smart. Um, yeah, he, he did really, really good, but it's hard to keep consistent energy with two people, you know, one guest, though, basically, versus having two. That was oh, my yeah, thought. Yeah. Yeah. But excellent guest, though. Excellent guest, excellent interviews. And they kept it moving for five hours and just two people mainly holding the conversation. They did great. I, I agree. Uh, I think Cade's great. Um, did Kyle, did you watch on any of the, uh, either of the formats or did you listen later? I was unable to. I listened later. And okay. that's primarily how the show. All right. Mason, uh, give me your thoughts real quick on the show. And uh, you did watch on you, uh, YouTube or, I don't know, Facebook, either one. Tell me what you thought. Yeah, I did watch it for the first time all the way through on YouTube, and I don't know if it was because I was kind of paying attention, taking some notes for this show or what, um, but I did find it to be a little bit, um, a little on the boring side compared to some of the more recent ones. Um, I did enjoy it. I thought Kate did a good job. The guests were good, but it just didn't really have all of the energy and emotion that the show usually does, um, okay. but I did enjoy it. I do find, yeah. I have found since doing the Rapid Show where I take notes that, it's more. It's somewhat more of a homework project now. Uh, I think you said those earlier, Mason, when we were talking. That's kind of seemed that way, um, it, you know. And I find myself enjoying like the Fly Moto sixty show and the review show a little bit more because I'm not having to try to pay, you know, take notes or whatever. But uh, the YouTube stuff, man, is great, and there's always good comments on there. So you watched it on YouTube. So you saw Mathis with the do rag. Um, Kyle, did you did you go back and see any of the pictures or anything of of Mathis wearing his do rag, trying to be like me? I I wish I could have seen it, and I really <laughs> personally feel that people should get should have given them more crap about it through the show because there's only just a slight mention of it. Yeah, there there was a bunch on the chat room and stuff. I want to play a little piece of audio real quick. I guarantee you, the views will be up high this week because people want to see my new look, <laughs> and they want to see what a fucking like just a pussy magnet looks like. So that was uh, Steve's opinion of the do-rag. Mason, uh, do, do you agree? Is it uh, a pussy magnet? Uh, I don't know if I would say a pussy magnet. I, I think it was Randy who put up the picture of him compared to Prison Mike from The Office. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I know someone had mentioned Sour Patch Steve toward the end of the show. Yeah, that was so uh, Sour that was Patch talent. Steve was Prison Mike. Yeah, yeah, that's, I robbed, I stole, I uh, kidnapped the president's son, and I didn't get caught neither. Uh, I love the office. <laughs> um, so I have to assume, Kyle, because you said, you know, we need to make fun of him. That, yeah, he's, maybe Pookie finds him a pussy magnet. That's probably about it. 
that's that's a very I would assume a bold statement. Um, <laughs> and I say this you as think? a reference point. If you've seen Napoleon Dynamite, whenever Kip puts on the do rag, yeah, yeah, I would consider it to be quite a contraceptive. So <laughs> maybe he's practicing like he's making sure he doesn't have any kids or something. So he wears do rag. I don't know. All right, all right, fair enough. All right, well, once the show got rolling, uh, Cade, you know, they he Steve was talking to Cade about the series right now, right? Eli was 40 points down. Now I think he's 27. Uh, they got JT on the phone. And Eli or uh, Steve asked, Kay, do you think Eli can do this? And Eli or Kay didn't really give a, a, a yes or a no. He said, oh, I think he can. But then kind of said he, he probably will. And I think JT agrees. And Kate had this amazing piece of insight. I mean, Eli's good, man. He's really good. I think we all knew that. Not super informative, uh, but anyway, do you? What do you think, man? Does is are the guys kind of on, uh, on uh, track with what you believe that he's probably going to pull this thing off? Actually, Steve said yeah. that he thinks uh, thinks that Zach will pull it off. What do you think? Yeah, I do agree with him. I do think Eli's good. Something that I have noticed that they haven't really talked about a whole lot with Eli after winning the Supercross title, and I don't know if it's because there was so much time off after Supercross before the Nationals got started. But both Jason Anderson and Cooper Webb alluded to how difficult it was after Supercross to kind of get back into the swing of the Nationals, and they all struggled. Uh, both of them struggled the first couple rounds. And so I'm wondering if Eli's been feeling some of that, uh, I guess, Supercross championship hangover, as it's been called. Uh, I, I haven't heard them talk too much about that. No, they really haven't talked about it in a while. Um, and, you know, I guess that is something that could be – part of the issue uh you know i kind of tend to think it was just a bad start with the, everything the way the track was and apparently you know clearly eli just rode the bike harder than he should have in those in those conditions but i mean that's not a bad point um kyle do you uh do you think eli can pull this thing off you know uh Cade, Cade mentioned mistakes that he thinks zach's probably going to make more mistakes than eli what do you think man who's right steve or Cade? Um. I, I don't feel like that there's – we won't have a right answer until the championship's done, but I'd almost side with Steve and the guys where they seem to allude to just uncertainty. It's, there's not enough data. There's not enough information yet. So they, they – you know, it's highly probable, but it's not something that where you can really put your chips on the table yet. Yeah. And it's a great thing because to have a season that's unpredictable yeah. and the way the past couple seasons have been, it's a glorious time in motocross and in motorcycle racing right now. Yeah, I don't disagree, but I will tell you, if I had the waffle, waffle uh, drop, I'd probably put it there, man, because, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're right. We don't know, but um, I, I needed you. I, I want you to pick, man. Is he going to do it? You tell me if he's going to do it, Kyle. <laughs> that's, that's a hard one. I, I, I would have to close my eyes and throw the dart at that one because Zacho is very, very solid, of course. Yeah, Zacho's my Great boy. Great program. And then, you know, if – Tomac, you can never ride them off. So I'm not really saying anything original with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, we do know that Zacho has, he's proven many times that he has very strong heart, very strong will, and he's not easily shaken whenever, you know, he's not as mental or as much of a head case. I hate to use that term, but, you know, he's very, he's got a very, very strong disposition about himself from the way it appears from what we know of him. Okay. All right. Um, so, again, I said Cade, Cade felt like Zach would probably make some more mistakes. Um, and speaking of stakes, we have Stakegate. You like that transition, guys? Stakegate from mistakes. 
Um, State Gate. So I gave my opinion on the show. Steve didn't love it. Let's uh, let's hear his reaction. You know what? That's fine. You're just continuing the tradition of people on the Pulpamex payroll that shit on me. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Steve, that I disagreed with you. Uh, State Gate, Mason. Uh, I don't know much about. I've, obviously, I've never even seen uh, a steak like he a tomahawk steak like he gave away to tits. But what are your thoughts, man? Just like. On the overall situation, he gave a, he got this huge box of meat from JT. JT's not thrilled. We've heard the story. Uh, you know, should JT be upset? Would you have given that piece of steak away? Uh, to be honest, I see both sides. I will say I did not know what a tomahawk steak was, so I actually looked it up. And just based off of what the Google images said, it's pretty cool looking. And I probably <laughs> yeah, would have eaten it just, just based on, on the way it looked. I thought it was pretty cool looking. I definitely want to try it, especially after listening to Tits' review of it sounds pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Cade had an opinion. In regards to, to Stategate, Cade, you have JT's back. Oh, I have his back. Steve's an idiot. If he, no offense, Tits, but if he gave any of that away, like, you have every right to defriend him, block him, do whatever you got to do, because I respect a man who gives another man a lot of meat. Hell of a quote, Cade. Kyle, um... You're, do you, what do you think, man? Is, is Steve an idiot? Um, I don't know if I want to go out on that thin line and say that. Okay. But definitely regifting something that's of strong value, I would say it's lesser of an evil than maybe selling it to somebody, even though it is a good point. A trade type situation. Good point. Uh, yeah, I I believe. Steve, with what you know, he didn't know. He says he's not a connoisseur of meat. I get it with that. Um, I think, man, if I, I think in his shoes, I would have kind of realized there's something special about that. But at the same time, he said, you know, hey, I, I wouldn't even have gone through the process of learning how to cook it properly. So I, I get his side too. I can see both sides. I'll waffle, waffle as well. Uh, well, this is so pulp and X. It's just. The, the inner drama is what makes us laugh and makes it so endearing at times. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Uh, and Mason, you can come on, comment on that too. When you listen to Pulp, uh, somebody actually commented, I think sent him a tweet maybe last night or today or whatever, and said they were listening. And, or, and it was actually to the review show, I believe. But the state gate came up there. And this person was like, I want to listen to your show for the motocross stuff, the, the news I don't want to listen for Stategate, basically. And I totally disagree. We can get this new stuff from a lot of other podcasts, but we're not going to get Stategate, and we're not going to get the Race Tech rants, and we're not going to get the drama, the high drama that Steve brings with his show from other shows. This is the beauty of Pulp MX, Mason. Yeah, I agree. I do think that they could um, mention the Stategate a little bit. I did listen to the review part today, so I know what that tweet was referring to yeah um i do think that it does when you listen to uh the reviews the previews you kind of get a little bit of repetition but it also builds some hype for the main monday night pulp and Mech show so i can understand why but also you kind of start hearing the same things a couple times throughout the week once you start listening to everything on pulp yeah yeah fair enough um so they had jt on for this and of course JP, jt is not happy with steve and because he had to get off early they did the x-brand tear-offs questions early which led to a question about uh well we know pookie's a vegetarian and she doesn't really like the live lobster showing up and she probably wasn't thrilled about this big box of meat uh and a question was brought up do you when was the last time you told pookie no about something uh so let's hear that steve 
When's the last time you told Pookie no and kept a lobster or steak? No, Pookie had nothing to do with the with the steak giveaway. She was giving me side eye, but I nothing nothing was said. Uh, I tell her no all the time. I keep I keep my hoe in line. Steve keeps his hoe in line, uh, Kyle. Thankfully, we know Pookie well enough to know that she's not going to be upset by that. Uh, but yeah, you, you think? Yeah, I think he and Pookie have a pretty cool relationship, so I think he's fine. Oh, absolutely. And then too, they're coming from a different mind space than the hypersensitive, the hypersensitive environment that we live in now. So true, true. They're very comfortable with each other, where there's no offense with that one. Yeah, I just wanted the opportunity to play that drop where he said he keeps his hoe in line, so I had to <laughs> had to work that in. Uh, before we move on, Mason, uh, you you the owner of Seal Savers, and you recently came on uh, to support this show. I, you know what. What brought you to do that for Pulpamex in general? I know you're a fan of the show. What is it about Pulpamex that, you know, is enticing for a business like yourself? You know, that's kind of where it started. Been a fan and listening to the show for a few years now, and I really like the direction that the wrap-up show is going. I think uh, when it first started, we could admit it was a little bit rough, but I really think that it's gotten a whole lot better even in the last two to three weeks compared to um, the ones previous to that. I just really like what you're doing, Darkside. I know you put a lot of effort into it and work really hard at it. And for us, uh, we sell products, we sell seal savers to guys with dirt bikes. So we want to be able to advertise and get our name out there in front of more people. And I think we've all seen the impact that the Pulp Nation has on the industry. So, I mean, to be honest, we just kind of wanted to be a little piece of that. Well, okay, so the the people that may not know yet what seal savers is, it's not a saving literally the seals. It's a fork seal protector. Uh, just, just kind of give her a little rundown of what the, the company is or what the product is uh, and, you know, where they can find it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a, a handful of different products, but it started with the uh, original seal savers, which is a um, product that you can put over your fork seals to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting up in there. Uh, essentially, it's a pre-wipe. So now we've got a zip-on style where you can just wrap them around, zip them up, throw a zip tie, and you're good to go. So no need to take the forks out of the triple clamps or anything. So basically, you wrap them around, zip them on. Anything that's going to accumulate on those fork tubes is going to get pushed away from the seal savers to get the uh, life out of your fork seals significantly longer than you would without them. Awesome. And you can go to sealsavers.com and use promo code PULP25 for a 25% discount. And, Mason, for me, myself, it means a lot that you would come on board uh, along with Andy Gregg at Guts Racing and Randy Richardson at Michelin Bicycle Tires uh, because I like doing this, and without you guys, it's not possible. So thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. Happy to be on board with you, Darkside. Yeah, man. All right, like Kyle, let's get to some, uh, some of the meat of this episode. A lot of great guests. Justin Barsha was my personal favorite of the night. Uh, do you think he's growing up a little bit, you know, or is it just like – current his current attitude right now where he's he seems to be have a lot more respect as far as dealing with eli steve steve talked about how after the race you know he stopped and and congratulated eli do you see something different in barsha right now i think that we've seen something different in him even in the last year he seems to have a lot more self-awareness um he analyzes his actions he started to say that he did have a regret and i know that that's a cliche term that people look down on but part of regrets is learning from your experience, and that's what he's, he made note of that. He talked about with Tomac how he chewed Tomac after a moto, yeah. chewed him out. And he said he, he kind of regrets, you know, he handled that wrong. 
So if you want to be a good human, you learn through life experience, and that takes self-awareness and self-analytics. And so he, he did great with that. And he was a, I wish I could remember the timestamp on it, but he was a, I felt like it was a very candid interview. Um, he talked about his uncertainty with his team. Yep. He kind of made it known that he wasn't happy with where things were going. No, he, was, he didn't throw anyone under the bus, but he also didn't lie about it or paint a false picture. Yeah, I thought it was a very open interview, uh, very honest. You know, I'm so glad, Mason, that Justin and Steve have kind of mended their fence, that that Justin's not upset with Steve anymore for being honest um, with with his uh, – the, the way he reports, the way Steve reports. Uh, you know, and including, like what Kyle just said, with not being happy necessarily in the past with some things with the bikes, and he maybe not even being totally happy now. You know, obviously it sounds like he's going to gas gas. He couldn't confirm. Uh, but he talked about – we talked a lot of stuff about with the bike, and I want to play that for you real quick. Uh, this fucking Villapoto guy, of course, he's taking all the credit right now, Barsha, for this. Uh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you got to give credit where it's due. And, uh, yeah, our, our V, you know, come on, man. He's, he's, he's a champ. He's, he knows what he's doing. He's still fast. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he, did, he gave us – he gave us a good a good setting to start with. Um, I set it up a little bit uh, for my style, but uh-huh. all in all, you know, he he put in some great work. If I don't if uh, I, if I yeah. don't tell him that he's great, then he won't come on the show ever again. So I just got to tell him like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's all good. You guys obviously stayed at Ironman after uh, the last round last year and tested, I believe, yeah. on Monday. Um, how yeah. close are you to that setting, or like, <laughs> how much do you think like that affected your, just... your good result? I'm guessing not. At I'm all. guessing not close at all. Now. <laughs> uh, zero. <laughs> no. Okay, so Mason again, pretty open. Uh, his laughter was that—that that was real, right? Like he was like, "Oh no, not even close." A lot of work's been done, uh, you know, and, and gave credit to RV, which I'm sure Steve just loves that we're that he has to give credit to RV, but. Uh, Good stuff, right? I mean, I, I cut that uh, some of the stuff out that he talked about, actually, but a lot of good info in that segment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you could kind of get the, the tone that he wasn't happy recently with the way that the bike has been performing, just kind of just been performing um, just kind of as a whole over the last couple of years. Right. And then kind of essentially being able to restart or go from something that he was at this time last year to completely something new, um, I think is – exciting to hear people are he's still working hard i know his his contract's up after this year but he's going after something new and i think it's cool to see him kind of going back to that band band bar show we were used to seeing yeah yeah for sure um all right brandon Hartraft. that's the next guy i want to say talk about uh Hartraft, not heart ramp or heart tramp like uh jt was saying i think on the review show it's Hartraft. um i've noticed that uh, i've seen on twitter and on different comments in different places and on youtube monday night there's some people that feel like brandon is uneducated like he's not very intelligent they say maybe i think it's just the way his personality is he's a little quiet until you get to know the guy uh but again i think he was also kyle pretty pretty open uh he talked about you know calling the team like a couple weeks ago and complaining that like he's frustrated right because he's trying so hard and things aren't getting to where they want to be and he wasn't blaming the team he was basically blaming himself that's how i took it uh but his confidence is building and he he's he's ready to make that next step but i thought brandon was a good interview he he can be a little 
I don't know if monotone's the right word, but he he gives good information, but I don't think he's super exciting when he talks, which he sort of laughed at. Uh, you know, that's just that's just his personality. But what do you think of Brandon and how Steve handled it? I I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to kind of skip on you and say okay. my personal favorite part was he and Steve definitely went went down the rabbit hole and on ragging on A Ray. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not going to probably help Steve's cause. You know, they did have good, loving humor, and it was definitely very innocent. Yeah. But they didn't hold back either. So it was very entertaining to hear that if anybody has a chance to go back and listen to it. Yeah, they 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they talked about Steve uh, being on Suicide Watch, and Brandon said he's just not himself right now, and he can be stupid at times. Those were some of the quotes. So, yeah, if you haven't listened, go back and check that out. Um Mason, here's what I wish. Oh, go ahead. Go what ahead, I ahead. wish they would have asked him about is on his podium interview. Um, Brandon had his pants undone. Oh, nobody called him out on that. Um, you know, free willy comment or whatever <laughs> would have been very justifiable for that. He, I know he, the riders are hot and they're trying to get comfortable and stuff. Yeah, so it's funny because he has pants unzipped and everything on his on his podium seat. I didn't actually watch the the interview, the post race or the the podium interviews, but if he had, had been in fly racing. He could have just loosened the the new boa system and uh, you know got got a little air. Wouldn't have had to unzip it. Uh, Mason, Brandon, man, did you? What do you think about him as a interview? You know, he he's good. I think. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I think he's a good interview. I really love his confidence in himself. I think it's cool that he reached out to his team and said, "Hey, you know, I'm unhappy with this. I'm frustrated. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do better. And you, you know, you're gonna see me on the podium more often." He said that you know on his podium speech last weekend, and I really hope we do. Um, I love it when a guy can be confident in himself and then back it up with a good result. Yeah, and to me, speaking of his confidence, is being open about his his competition, right? I mean, he's like, hey, props to Dylan. No one else could have went forty from 40th to 3rd. Like, I, I feel like if, if you're overly confident but really not putting in – or if you're not confident, excuse me, if you're not confident in yourself but you're putting on an act – you wouldn't. You would not maybe give Dylan the credit that he did. He might be like, "Oh no, no, you know, I'm just as good or whatever." But he was like, "Hey, nobody, like I'm getting better right now." Dylan's the man. It's same thing that uh, Amart said, and I think that does show confidence to me. And they're they know where they are, and I, I like that from Brandon. I like and even Barsha. We I think said earlier in the show, which we didn't touch on it. Or we're going to touch on it a little bit, but like I wish they wish there was more honesty, right? More personality. Um, and we talk about that all the time. Or Pulp talks about it all the time. Like these guys, we don't want just. Hey, I want to thank TLD. Uh, you know, my boots were good. My bike was good. Thanks. You know, they, we want these kind of things that we get from Pulp on these interviews. So I thought Brandon was great. Uh, also, Alden Baker was on. Trainer, you know, probably the most su- successful trainer in the business right now, Kyle. Um, I, I I like Alden. I think he's really intelligent. I wasn't super into this interview. What'd you think? What'd you like about it or not? I listened to it twice. Okay. Because obviously taking notes with this and trying to think of things that really stand out. And with Alden, well, here's where Steve really came in hot with it is he asked the hard questions. He asked about rider separating, how Alden feels about it. What's his thought about it? How does he handle whenever there's a conflict between riders? Yeah. Um, Alden definitely, he's very diplomatic. He's very, he's like a business person where he tries to avoid the hard questions and he doesn't really want to go there because, as he put it, he wants to keep the door open 
for riders to potentially come back or if their circumstances change. He's not a bridge burner, which is such a small industry he shouldn't be. Um, so I thought that that was very good that Steve was asking him the hard questions. Yeah, as he usually does. Um, and you're right. With Talking about that, I thought it was pretty cool that – the way he said he strategically puts Zach's chair in a certain spot as a buffer, basically. That was that was actually pretty interesting. Um, Mason, like, I, I really, I, I sort of zoned out when it got to the uh, the e-bike talk and the, you know, bragging on Steve for his pedaling prowess. I was like, kind of out on that. But <laughs> how about you, man? Where were you at with Alden Baker? Yeah, uh, you know, I enjoy Alden um, just listening to what he has to say. I think he's very, you know, knowledgeable when it comes to the industry. Obviously, he knows what he's doing, does a great job. I wanted to know more about the thought process behind when they're bringing someone up, and I know they mentioned uh, Max Boland. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a debate of when do we do we hold him down another year? Do we bring him up? When do we turn pro? I would I'd be really curious to get someone like Barsha, who turned pro super young, their opinion on if you could go back, would you have stayed down another year mm. or would you have gone up a little earlier? That would have been a really cool follow-up, and I, I was kind of bummed that didn't come up later on. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I actually talked to Talon Volan today, but uh, he, he did not give me any inside info on Max as of yet. But that would be interesting if that does happen. I, I did – Steve kind of mentioned that he's – that Alden's very respectful, and, you know, he didn't try – like you said, Kyle, he didn't really try to burn any bridges, but um, – I, th- I thought it was one of the comments Alden made that was interesting was like he realizes how hard it is to keep a season together, you know, and not winning the championship last, uh, not winning the championship every year. Probably, I wonder if that's re-motivated him. It'd be interesting to see like where he's at. If, you know, if, if, if it got stale, you know, winning all the time, you, you sort of start taking it for granted. So um, as far as that goes, let's if do a- I order. Go ahead. Yeah, if I were to read between the lines on it, I almost felt like there was a little bit of a sting whenever Steve asked him, you know, how does it feel to not win a championship? And you could tell Alden, <laughs> he, he was hesitant to answer. It, it was something where he he takes his job very, very serious. Yeah, and he oh, takes yeah. He winning extremely serious. And the other thing I thought really stood out with it, too, is he, you know, he gave Anderson credit because Anderson left halfway through the season, his, you know, training season with Alden or motocross, yeah, his supercross season. And he was just saying, you know, it's it's different times. It's like it'd be super weird if we were in the normal season, but dealing with COVID and all the all the obstacles we've had with it, he's just like it's not so out of the norm for dealing with very unnormal circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors again, Guts Racing. For the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, visit GutsRacing.com. And always let them know that the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show is why you're, you're visiting them. Also, Michelin Bicycle Tires. If you want the tires, Cam Zinc and Sam Hill. Run visitbike.michelin.com for details. And, of course, our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers, to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Visit sealsavers.com and use pulp code PULP25 to save. Uh, thanks to all those guys. Any of the other sponsors, including, I'm sure, Polar, Fly, X-Brand, Works Connection, whatever, pulpmxshow.com. Click on the Sponsor tab. Use the discount codes. Use the links. Keep the Pulp Show going because Steve can't do this without you guys and those sponsors. takes a lot of money to do what he's doing, and uh, you know he's not doing it for free, guys. It's not completely free content. we gotta, we got to get him paid somehow so that I can get paid. Um, all right, next up, um, 
Hey, I want to ask you guys this. This is something I was thinking about, and I'll ask you first, Mason. How many things that Steve says on all the different shows that he does do you think he forgets about? And here's why, here's why I want to ask this. I guess I said last week on the show, on some show, that I want to punch Jericho in the face because I picked Bloss at Loretta Lynn's 2, and he did shitty. And I don't remember what show it was, but Jericho said that a buddy of his said that, hey, Mathis said he wants to punch you in the face. I don't know. Do you guys remember me saying that? You should probably not say that. Yeah, when we got here today, you said you wanted to hit me or Marks in the face. I did. <laughs> Very violent lately. Wow. You... I think it's a do-rag. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm turning into dark side. I have a dark side. <laughs> dark side's violent? Yeah. Dark uh, side's super violent. Oh, okay. yeah. No, yeah. He, he, whips, he whips people with the pony. It's, uh, it's well known. <laughs> okay. It's out there in, in the industry. All right. Yep. All right. First off, just so everybody knows. It's not known in the industry that I'm violent. It's a very well-kept secret, or it was. Uh, no longer. Thanks Thanks a lot, Steve. Uh, all right, Mason. So this isn't the first case of him saying something that he doesn't remember. Obviously, he does hundreds of shows all the time. But like just a couple of weeks ago, when Kiefer was in, and they were talking about uh, e-bikes and the GNCC series doing an e-bike class, and Kiefer was bored with it, and Steve's like, Oh, well, you know, be more open-minded. They call me open-minded Steve. So then I told him that later, and he didn't remember saying that either. And then this happened this week. So I thought that was kind of an interesting topic uh, for us, both, all of us to discuss. He says a lot of crazy stuff. Some of it I wonder if he even actually means. Probably some of it he doesn't. But how much do you think he forgets about what he says, Mason? You know, I think he does a pretty good job of remembering most things. I know he made a couple comments about uh, – Daniel Blair making some wild statements about a, a new change that's going to be groundbreaking or whatever for the Supercross series and how it'll just be forgotten about and no one will ever, you know, bat an eye. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that happens a little bit to Steve, too. Yeah, I, I, it obviously has to. I mean, hell, I don't remember half of what I say, and I don't do, don't do any near, near what Steve does uh, show-wise. Kyle, would you agree with Mason? or uh, or even I'm sure you do agree, but, like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's pretty funny when stuff like that comes yep. back to him. Steve, Steve does awesome with it, especially for how much he has to talk and think out loud, unfiltered. Right. Um, and I know he still even has to temper it down, but <laughs> when you talk that much, you're going to contradict yourself. We contradict ourselves day to day, and then not only that, we're always collecting information, and so viewpoints can change, so it can seem like you're contradicting yourself, or even the context. You know, the previous rapport he has with the person, a lot of the stuff that he mentioned they're inside jokes. So a lot of times, even as listeners, we may not get it. Uh, I, I just I found it funny that uh, Jericho, mechanic for Benny Bloss, said something to him about it, and he didn't even remember saying it. And then Talon's like, well, yeah, you said the same thing to us uh, when you got here today. So good stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. It's so scary. You think about having to vocalize yourself. Everybody's listening. You literally have tens of thousands of listeners. And the boomerang effect's got to be exponential with that. You know, it'd be hard shoes to wear. you got to have thick skin whenever you know every word that leaves your lips could possibly come back and bite you. Yeah, you know, but I don't... Do either of you... Uh, you first, Kyle. Do either of you think he really is concerned with something coming back to bite him, honestly? Um, I think... Okay, this is... If I were to surmise five years ago, yeah. Now, no. Okay. I think he's at such a confident place. And Pulp MX has come so far that he has the confidence where it doesn't affect him. Five years ago, kind of back in, um, who was it, Gibbs, the previous producer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever he was in, it seemed like 
Stephen started questioning stuff. You could hear it. His disposition was way different. Maybe it was more like six or seven years ago. I forget how long. Yeah, been it's, it's been a while. Yeah, but he used. You could tell he was getting worn down by the criticism and you know just the social media insults and stuff. Interesting. But now I think his confidence. It's like he's he's swinging homers now. So it's okay. Like his confidence through the roof. All right, uh, Mason. Uh, you think he cares or worries about that at all? No, I mean, I, we always say Dean's Dean. I think Steve's Steve. Yeah. I think yeah. he's pretty confident in himself. I mean, we all know he's going to be honest, and he's not going to always go over well. It might not always be what someone wants to hear, but it's the, the truth, or Steve's truth, for that matter. So that's what I personally like about the show, is you're going to get his honest opinion. He's not afraid to hurt your feelings, because he'll praise you, and he'll turn around right around after that and tell you you did a good job when you do. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so the, the next guest uh, was Tim Ritchie, owner of Redbud. Um, kind of a quiet, I don't know if quiet's the right word again. Didn't seem very emotional or uh, like kind of like Brandon Hartraff, right? Just kind of uh, monotone-ish almost, Mason. There was some good stuff, I thought, that came out of it, but maybe not enough detail that Steve was trying to get. Like, Steve, I think Steve was trying to get some stuff about LaRocco's Leap, and he touched on MXDN. Uh, we got some sort of answers, but not exactly what I think we all wanted. Yeah, I don't think we got enough of that answer. I think we just were kind of told what we already knew in a way. Um, I agree with you. I thought it wasn't my favorite of the show. Uh, I just kind of thought it didn't really have a ton of um, energy in it. But that was, I mean, like you said, it was the same thing for Hart Raft, and uh, I just thought it was a, a little lacking there. Okay. Um how about you, Kyle? Tim, do you know much about Tim Ritchie? Have you heard him on before? I've I've actually been to Red Bud a couple times. You know, all the glory that everyone speaks of with the track is a hundred percent there. With the interview, he runs a great track, but I'd say his strong point isn't interviews. Yeah, I, I think this was my least favorite interview of the night, and I liked him. I, I got to meet him at MXDN. He came on our show, my show, uh, the Moto Expo show that I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, before that, and like, yeah, uh, he's he he's just not that's not his his forte apparently. But Steve, you know, asked some good questions, asked about MXDN, and we kind of got the same answer as before. I added a little bit of sand. He this I'd never heard him say that he could have maybe prepped the track a little bit different for the rain. Um, so I, you know, I, I guess it was we got a little something out of it, but a lot of talk about the upcoming race and the double header. Uh, Steve wants to race Saturday. Maybe that's going to happen. How do you guys feel, Mason? How do you feel about Steve back on a bike and racing and hopefully doing the Vet Nationals again? I love it for content. I love it for him being not always a five, but maybe sometimes a seven. Yeah, I think it's super cool. The The show right after the Vet Nationals was probably the best one. That's my favorite. Uh, so hopefully yep. we can get some. Yeah, hopefully we can get some of that back going. I think it'd be cool to see how much his riding has improved. I know he's lost a bunch of weight doing all this e-biking, so I think it'd be cool to see how his riding and conditioning has improved on the motorcycle for his next upcoming races. And what? especially if he's testing for Geico, he's really <laughs> got to get himself in the shape. Yeah, hopefully he's practicing some starts. Um, yeah, that was that was horrible, Steve. Horrible. But he at least can Yeah. What, I think <laughs> he gives me shit for video and that and posting it, but I what... People may have forgotten, I posted uh, on the Moto X-Pod Show YouTube channel from that weekend a bunch of video, and I also got Steve running off the track and cutting across the track, um, which was probably weeks after he was 
tell you know talking about Adam C and Cirillo doing that in the Nationals and that you can't do that and giving AC so much crap about it and then he did it uh, and I think that part got overlooked a little bit from the start but anyway Kyle uh, how about you man what Steve being back on a bike makes this makes more content it it makes the show more personable for, yeah. for me personally and the reason is I don't know what that percentage is but a very high percentage of us listeners still ride. Or once road. And so part of the show that I feel like that I personally take from it is if I'm in the garage after a moto or after a day of riding, talking with my buddies, we're bench racing, we're ragging on each other, we're, we're joking around, and we're talking kind of talking about the day. And so whenever Steve and JT and everybody get together and talk about riding or talk about their experiences at the track, you feel like you're, uh, you're part of that conversation. You internalize it, and it's something where you can be at work or driving – and it gives you that same sense of um, camaraderie that you would normally have, like at the end of a Saturday or Sunday with your buddy. Yeah. And so riding really, I think it helps take the show to the next level because you hear about them eating crap over a 10-foot double. <laughs> and then for some of us, we can be like, hey, I've done he's that. a badass, but we're better than that guy. We can jump uh, a 10-foot double. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him credit, man. Uh being a bigger guy, you know, and he was bigger last year at the national vet nationals than he is now. Um, he still got technique. He was good. I was impressed. His corner speed was pretty, pretty on point. I have to give him credit for that. It was cool to get to see him ride. So hopefully he does the vet nationals again this year. If everything works out and I want to go out and check that out again. Um, I do want to touch on, they, they, they talk about the doubleheader at Redbud, right? So afterwards, Cade asked Steve, like, what do you think about, some more changes like that. Like uh, he, he mentioned maybe doing the format that Canada's doing. I guess they're doing one moto on Saturday and two on Sunday. And Steve said, yeah, man, why not? Right. Change it up, switch it up. Let's do something different. He, he's always been a proponent of that, of try something different. Mason uh, are the, would you agree? I mean, are the nationals sort of stale to you or are you the, the old school guy? Like, no, this is the way it is. And this is the way it should be. Uh, I think I'm kind of, I hate to waffle, but I'm kind of in the middle there. I do think some changes would be really exciting to see. I think it would be good for the sport as a whole. I know Barsha kind of talked about maybe incorporating some of the things that Formula One is doing. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I mean, there's obviously a ton of money in that industry, and with uh, their um, fan base is ginormous. So I think that maybe we should look into some of the things that they're doing, maybe something from like the Canadian series, which is kind of similar with a one on Saturday, two on Sunday kind of thing. But I think just people being more open and honest, like Barsha and Hearthraft and everyone, I think is going to help too. Yeah, what Barsha said was, uh, he said he brought up the F1 series and says, you know, in F1, a team like Ferrari will say, hey, we're not going to win for two years. You would never hear a, a, a star Yamaha or Geico or whatever the Honda team is going to be next year or any of the teams say something like that, Kyle. And, you know, Steve says, hey, more openness. Justin Barsha, you know, more personality. Let's talk more. It's all the same stuff we hear on Pulp all the time. That, that, that to me, would be much better for the sport than changing a format. Because um, I, th- I, th- I really think Steve's somewhat right with it is a niche sport. The people that love this sport, like us, we're going to watch the races no matter what. But for us, I think having more personality and getting to know these guys better would be the benefit, at least for me. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? Changes? I I agree with you. I, I'm not going to say what those changes are because there's far more educated people than myself <laughs> with that. Yeah, yeah. 
but obviously on the ground, you know, the, the a roots level of it, motocross, you have, you know, it's healthy on the roots level, but whenever you go to the entertainment part of it and you want to grow the sport, you're probably going to have to change it. Just by saying, like, we did it this way doesn't really mean much. You know, for hundreds of years, we rode horses around. You know, you progress and you change and you find better better modes of transportation, better modes, ways of doing things. And so with change, at least you can see it may not go great, but at least you know not to do it that way and, the, you know, the question's answered. Yeah, okay. So if you change something, maybe so you can to, make I'd a like step in something here, too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, are you done, Kyle? Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Kyle. Okay, go ahead, Mason. I just wanted to add, I think that um, the series, both, you know, Supercross and Motocross as a whole, the storylines are getting better, too. I think the field is so much deeper now that you never really know who's going to win. Sure, there's a couple that have a better chance than others, but, you know, it's really 8 to 12 guys that have a real good shot of doing it on any weekend, and it hasn't been like that in a long time. So I think we're getting closer to those good storylines and drawing new fans to create some drama and people that want to see what's going to happen next. I hope so. Uh, I mean, I think Steve is pretty of the point that like our, this, our sports always going to basically be what it is now. I, I would love to think that's not the case. So I hope you're right. Uh, we definitely have some of the best racing and I, I honestly don't remember if it was the pulp show Monday or hopefully maybe even Schmain event, Schmoto, but they were talking about like with Ferrandis moving up and the guys moving up that, Come 2021 in Supercross, like we could literally have a full gate of almost quote unquote factory guys, right? No privateers. There's so much talent. And some of those guys probably don't have any chance of winning, but the amount of talent, it's just not like it used to be. It's getting better and better. And uh, we're, we're seeing some amazing races like Moto 2 and Ironman. So hopefully, uh, yes, hopefully it, it would be fantastic if we could turn our sport into NASCAR, but it, eh, I just don't see it. Um, Let's move on to. to build on your, oh, go ahead. I was to build on your point, Mason. I fully agree to bring it on a personal level. It brings people who are not racing enthusiasts into it. Um, you think about why is reality, you know, why are reality TV shows so big, and why are so many people invested in it? It's because they become emotionally invested because of the people. Um, they they either mesh or hate the personalities, and it draws them in. And so, with people who are outside of the sport. I think to bring that personal factor, not just seeing people grinding in the gym, but to really see with the families what takes place, what, how much goes into it, mm-hmm. to see the personality, people who can joke around and say things and not get a big backlash from their sponsors for saying what they say. I think that that creates a lot more mental and emotional attachment to the riders, which makes people more invested to watch the racing. Yeah, well, hell, just proof of that is fantasy, right? I mean, well, fantasy, Pulp Fantasy, and the Privateer Island podcast that Steve does, you you get to know these people, these characters, uh, these people that Steve has on that you wouldn't necessarily ever see on TV, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, this Adam Entenap is cool. He's not the fastest guy, but I like him. He's now my favorite. Or Alex Ray is, you know, you know, uh, cattywampus, which he hates, but you know, whatever. But you get the, you know, you get these stories behind them, and you become a fan of them. And there's nobody doing that more than Steve and if the industry MX Sports failed could find some way to do that it it would definitely be a step in the right direction I think um so good points all right I want to move on to my uh I, I, to me what was the biggest thing of the night uh 
my graphics, man. That was a huge, huge topic. I got roasted. Uh, I now fully understand why uh, A-Ray and JT are mad at Steve all the time. I totally get it. So let's listen to this, and you guys can give me your opinions. Darkside, can we talk about your bike for a second here? Uh, I knew this was coming. Sure. Well, okay, first of all, you have gray on white numbers, first of all. I, I don't know what yeah. series runs gray on white for numbers. Let me know. What I'm not racing any series. And also, you have uh, 100 stickers on your front fender. <laughs> I, I, I don't – I mean, I sent this photo to a mutual friend of ours, Darkside. Oh, and, boy. And this person was disgusted. I – how do we feel about that many stickers on a front fender? Like, I, well, first of all, who's this friend? I mean, you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't just say that. Tell me who the friend is. Hey, man, that's Freestyle Army right there. <laughs> There's no Pulp MX sticker anywhere on this motorcycle, I believe. Well, good thing you got an eight-inch Black Sock Mafia graphic. I'm sure that they do a ton yeah. for you, Black Sock hey. Mafia, and they give you socks. <laughs> It's not really socks. It's just a a group of us guys that go ride together in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh, so you're, not, you're like in a bike gang. That's your bike gang signal. That's a rider gang. This is getting yeah. better. This is yeah. getting better. So that's you, your... You don't, you don't that, want to cross us on a Saturday night. Okay, and also, too, so you need the kefir testing on the front fender and on the shrouds, just just in case nobody saw it the first time? Hey, fuck off. I don't care. Drop the asshole drop. I don't care. <laughs> that's an, an abomination, what you got going on with your bike right there. When no. he told me to have you call in, I didn't know this was how it was going to go. I'm sorry, Dark Oh, I, I, I did. He would not have asked me to call in if it wasn't for something negative. Really shit on Dark Okay, okay so uh, a little aggressive with an abomination. First of all, Steve, if you don't know who the Black Sock Mafia is, you don't need to know. So there's that. Um, I do want to say my graphics company, Berm Lords, they did what I asked. I said all my – as I said on the show, uh, to me, uh, guys – I, I'm nobody important, right? So that the fact that some of these companies reach out and do things for me and give me free product or give me discounts means more than I can really express. So to me, it's a big deal to do what I can. So post about them, put them on my bike. That's why it is the way it is. I don't think it honestly looks as bad as he said. And according to all my Instagram responses and Twitter, it, I, I think most people think he was a little little aggressive. And we may have a special guest here in just a few minutes so we can talk about it some more. Uh, I do want to say that Berm Lords also made, you guys probably don't know this, but at the Las Vegas live show last year, I flew out and I always stay at my buddy Shan Garcia's house who owns Berm Lords. And the night before I flew out, I said, hey, I want to make these stickers that say, Rick, Rick, because that was a big joke at the time, right? Everybody was saying, Rick, Rick, because Kiefer thought it was hilarious. So they made me a bunch of, like, 100 of these stickers, and I passed those out at, at Pulp's live show to a lot of the fans. So uh, I want to give those guys some credit for that because they did what I wanted. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with Steve completely. Uh, I, I would like to know... Well, they kind of said it was Kiefer. They basically hinted around it was Kiefer. I texted Kiefer, and for uh, Kiefer denies vehemently that he said anything. But we'll we'll maybe get to the bottom of that at some point. Uh, what do you guys think, man? I mean, and be honest. Like, I'll go with you first, Kyle. <laughs> this isn't yeah. This isn't the time of truth. No, do it, man. I, you're not gonna. I'm not. My feelings aren't gonna be hurt. It just well, some people like Avril Lavigne, and other people like Metallica. Okay. Am I am I Avril Lavigne or am I Metallica? 
Um, <laughs> well, in your mind, you're Metallica. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> but in your mind, I'm Avril Lavigne, huh? I'm a skater girl. I, I would say it wouldn't be my personal preference, but my That's personal fair. preference is going to be different than yours. That's fair. But they each their own. I'll, I'll wear mixed gear all day because I get gear for free. So yeah. That's, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not butthurt by that. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I hate the fact that the pulp thing got forgotten, but it sort of makes the story funnier. It makes the content funnier. Um, but that, that was on me when I sent all the logos over, let's just say I was not in the best place. I had some stuff going on and I just dropped the ball. Right. And then when he sent me the proof, I just glanced at it. I was like, yeah, I like it. I like the way it looks as far as the silver numbers, Mason, I'm not racing any series. I've been running the the silver gray number since like 06. I just like the way it looks, man. I'm I like darker colors. I thought it's cool for me. Uh, go ahead, give me your opinion, Mason. Where's how far off base is Steve, or or is he on point? Uh, you know, I think the gray numbers. Like you said, you're not racing. Who cares? That you will just want your bike to look the way you want it to look. So uh, I think the way you're owning it, I think is super cool. Is it my favorite-looking bike? I'll be honest, it's not. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's terrible. I don't Both think you it's guys an abomination. Are We're done. No. <laughs> All right, we'll, we're yeah, pulling our sponsor, put, too, then. Are you putting curb feelers on your car, too? Ouch. Whew. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's coming in hot. Hey, you know what? I, I meant to do this, and, and this is changing the subject just for a second. Kyle, I really, I, I'm enjoying having you on here. Uh, and Mason can be found at, at Seal Savers on Instagram. Uh, do you have a personal Instagram, Mason, or just Seal Savers? Uh, yeah, uh, Seal Savers is our business account, and then my personal one is just Mason underscore Mill. Okay, so follow, follow, give him a follow, and Kyle, you're at I am Kyle Duvall, and I, I was kind of scanning through your. Uh, I'm changing the subject, but I'm, ch- I'm scanning through your Instagram, man, and you very well may be uh, like a, a bottom feeder with your your wife, man. Uh, what, what's the what's the word the term now? I just <laughs> blanked on what basement. Yeah, your is basement, that, bro. That your, you may be basement. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> well, you you were giving me shit, so I, that's what made me think. I, you know what? I got to give you some shit. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Hang well, on. if that's going to be the case, do I need to ask about the black sock mafia? You remember whenever the Chili Peppers used to wear socks over their junk? Is <laughs> is there any kind of connection with that? There is not any connection with that. So. Uh, anybody that goes to Millville will damn sure know who the Black Sock Mafia is, but uh, it's really a bunch. I'm opening up a can. Uh, a bunch of my, like I said, a bunch of my buddies, man. It's just a bunch of. They always would say, like in the this was in the '90s when we were younger, and like it's just a bunch of badass dudes that go ride dirt bikes, and it just kind of became a thing in this area. And it's just a bunch of my buddies, man. And the, you know, there's some fast guys, uh, some not so fast guys like myself. And yeah, it's like Steve said, it's a it's a it's a gang. We're a gang, but uh, we always take over the uh, at at Millville. We take over right there at the little waterfall and the swim pond. They're always set up there. And this last year at Millville, I could not tell you how many times that announcer mentioned Black Sock Mafia. But uh, anyway, so I, I do have a question. Sure oh, go ahead. I'm opening the can for that one. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done ranting. <laughs> I do uh, am curious, right? So I talk about. I mentioned the reason all those stickers, as he said, it's really only a couple stickers. It's just they're all printed on one sticker, but whatever. All those logos are on there because they support me or help me. So, Mason, you've got a company. Um, if you're one of those logos on my bike and I take Steve's advice, who, how do I decide who goes and who stays? Darcy, my favorite thing about your bike is the fact that you're supporting those who support you. 
Um, like you said, people are giving you some stuff, and you've got to you got to do your part to help support them too. So putting the logo on there uh, is, you know, I think it's great. So I don't think you need to do anything different with your bike, other than put tail savers on it. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, I am okay. I'm breaking news here. Uh, I I did call Berm Lords today and say, hey, I need to change the front nose piece on the front fender because the Kiefer logo is on there three times on each side, and I'm going to put the Pulp logo where the Kiefer logo was, so I am getting the Pulp logo on there. Uh, Pulp does do a lot for me, and I have a lot of appreciation and respect for that. That was my bad, Steve. Uh, but look, you know, I, I could say that I just did all this for content, just like crashing Bradshaw's, Bradshaw's bike. That was all for content. So Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the, listen, the it's, person I was talking to, bike. the person I was talking to, Agreed with me. They're like, "What the fuck okay. is that? Who is this person?" I can't. I don't want to bury him. Why? I don't want to bury him. We're all hating on him off together. He, he lives in the high des. He likes sandwiches. His name may or may not be on. Uh, <laughs> <Trout. Trump> <laughs> <laughs> That motherfucker told me in a text, run what you like. That's your bike. Wow. He's, he, he's listen, full of uh, shit. He's full of shit. Cause, like, uh, you got to live up to standards. We were both making fun of all your stickers on the front fender. But you're fucked. All right. We got a, a special guest on the line with us right now. Uh, Pulp MX's Steve Mathis. What's up, Steve? I'm not aware of this show. I don't know who this is. What's going on? This is the number one motocross wrap-up show in the business. This is the Pulp MX wrap-up show hosted by Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. You are Steve Mathis. I- I've got a bone to pick with you, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead, caller. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you, you gave me some grief Monday on my graphics. Have you at all paid any attention to the responses on Instagram, Twitter? Have you changed your opinion any? I have not responded. I have not seen any. Yeah, I've not noticed any replies. Not I've not not looked. I mean, nobody's going to change my mind, Dark Side. I like, know this. Like, like I, you know, obviously, look, it's a, it's an opinion, and, and so there's no right answer. But you know, you and your black sock mafia buddies aren't going to make me change my mind. Don't forget, I do know where you live. I've been there. Right. Right. Uh, there, there is no Las Vegas sect of the black sock mafia, so I think you're okay. Uh, Millville could be a problem for you, but other okay. than that. All right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Now, what, this is Mason and Ryan, right? Correct? Yeah. Mason from Seal Savers and yeah. Ryan from his pecker stuck in the fly pants. Okay, Ryan, do you like the, do you like the look? Be honest. Yeah. Sorry, Steve, it's actually Kyle. Do I like the look? I, I told, yeah, I had to tell Darkside. It's basically like choosing Avril or Metallica or insert whatever band name. It's a personal preference, but... Typically, the personal preference. The answer is no. In becoming, <laughs> I'm trying to answer it diplomatically. He's I'm, waffling I'm on me, Steve, but no, he did not like it, and Mason didn't love it either, to be honest. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> but it, I, it, it, I'm glad to know. I have tons of responses on social media, though, that said, a lot of them say, like, F Steve, don't worry about Steve, Steve's an idiot. Um, but like honestly, Steve, I get your point. It, it's it's busy. It's a lot of it's, it's too much. It's too much. I know you got these people that support you. Yeah, and I respect that that you like these people. But it's just too much. You don't need all those logos. You don't need four Kiefer logos. You don't need there's three 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 uh, Black Sock Mafia logos. You don't need you know just just do one and yeah. and move on Dark Side and move on. Okay, so you you're not hey, in Steve. you're not. Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, would your opinion on the bike change much if there was a Pope, a Pope logo on it? 
No, no. I, I just hope there would be one Pulp logo somewhere on there, but there isn't. There will be next and, week. And, and, you know, that's how he feels about, the, you know, <laughs> literally, you know, the, a, a guy like myself that, that rescued him from the Black Sock Mafia guys, and this is what I get. I don't even get a logo. He, he got me out of the trenches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. just so you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, that's, that's being fixed. That you're you're going on the front fender in place of the Kiefer Inc. logo that was put there. Oh, I can't wait! Uh, <laughs> okay, so I explained, and you just hinted, touched on why there's so many logos. Um, who who do I cut? How do I choose who I cut out? Do I do I remove Fly Racing? Who helps me out? Do I remove X Brand? Who I kind of work for? Do I remove? Somebody that's given me free parts, Vertex Pistons, who's helped me out through look, you. Look, look, dark side, dark side. These race teams, whether it's JGR, yeah, or Geico, they have more sponsors than you. Oh, very more true. people help them out than they help you. And somehow, I don't see any race bikes with stickers all over their goddamn front fenders. <laughs> like, just there's not that, that, does, that does not happen in pro racing. Okay, and there's a reason for that. So. However you got to do it, Dark Side, whatever you got to do, look at JGR or Geico or Mitch and follow their lead. Okay. All right. I'm going to do it. I think what I'm going to do is a Twitter poll like once a week. You know, all right, Fly Racing or X-Brand, you guys right, pick right. and one goes. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah you, could, you could try that. <laughs> so you, you pretty well said without saying that you had a text message with Kiefer and he said it was he, – he, he didn't like it. So I then texted Kiefer, and he said that didn't happen. How do we get to the bottom of this? Oh, is he going to make me screenshot it? Oh, is he going to make me well, screenshot actually, it? Actually, well, I would love that, but he, he has agreed to come on the wrap-up show next week, so we will be revisiting this. Um, what did he say? Did he deny? Did he just say that that's cool? Uh, what did he say? No. Hang on. Give me one second. I'll, I'll find it, and I'll tell you exactly what he said. So... Hey, uh, yeah, go ahead. Side. While yep. you're looking for this, I got it. But go ahead, buddy. You got to lick your wounds on this one. You got to lick your wounds. You've lost the battle on this. But what you can't take from this, and I heard it with my own ears. Steve did say on the show that the last few wrap-up shows have been real, that they've been better, that they've been good. Oh yeah. So take that as a win. The graphics <laughs> walk are away. Watched. You're out. And here's the other thing. Okay. I've been very worried because they always have the Moto X jobs. You know. I've been worried to hear that there's going to be a new, you know, looking for a job for a wrap-up show announcer. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I would take this as a win. You know, it's like Steve said you're doing good. Okay. The graphic, it's not a home run. You, you struck out, buddy. All right. It, 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 it's hideous. I mean, <sighs> you're from California, so cool. But then you get the state flag the size of the shroud on it. Like, okay, cool. You're from California and you, and you rep it. I, I, I respect that. But does it have to be the size of the shroud? Do you need multiple Kiefer testing logos? Do you need Black Sock Mafia? Do you need all of that? Like, what's going on with the bike? Uh, I don't even know how to respond. No, the Kiefer Inc. shouldn't have been on there so many times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, you just sorry, you sorry, got, you got to fix the fender. What's that? Sorry, Steve. Uh, if you're okay. redoing the fender, just go ahead and put that uh, – Steve's face on it, like on A-Ray's bike. <laughs> no, please don't do that. That's okay. A, that's fun. So here, here um, listen, after after you got done with me, I texted Kiefer, and I was like, hey, dude, you could have been honest if my bike looks dumb. I'd rather you tell me the truth. And uh, I said, Steve just did 10 minutes making fun of me. And then he's like, what? It doesn't look dumb. It has a lot of shit going on, but it's your bike. I just appreciate you running the logo. Wasn't me, bro. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll get to the bottom of this so after the call. I'll go through my text. I'll see what I can find. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, no, no self-respecting, you know, pro team would do what you're doing there. Nobody would do that. Just think about it that, like that way, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, hey, look. But you, hey, listen to this. Listen though. Yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, Mason and Kyle, right on the line? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you guys? First, I'll start with you, Mason. I was a bit hard on Dark Side, right? Uh, what do you think? Say again. Mason, I was a bit hard on Darkseid. Yeah. That is fair, yes. Yeah. Uh, Kyle. Yeah? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I agree. I, I count it. There's, there's like five asshole drops when Darkseid called in. Literally, the entire show... There was one right in the beginning, which would just seem like that was a misfire. Probably not. It's probably state day. Quit yeah, and then, and then, of course, Darkside calls in and immediately five of them fired off. <laughs> and by the way, the well, asshole hole drop, it kind of sounds like an infinite ray gun or something. You can't go off that drop because the people that I pay to help me run the show hate me for some reason. <laughs> they all hate me. I don't know why. I give them money. They come in, I, they just hate me. I, I never figured it out. Between the, the coder guy and the pool guy and the, and the concrete guy, the t- tomahawk ribeye guy, they all hate me. So I don't, I haven't got to the bottom of that yet, but you can't go off the asshole drop. I, I'm kind of starting so, to understand why. Listen, so I, here, here's the I'm, deal, Dark Side, here's the deal. Go ahead, so, Steve. I was a bit harsh on you. It's still ugly as fuck, <laughs> but I was a little harsh on you. It is your, your bike. Yeah. You can do what you want. You know what I mean? Like, it's a free country. Like, I get it. I was probably a little harsh on you. I don't really want to do this, but Pookie told me I have to. <laughs> I'm going to extend an olive branch to you here to make up for this, and I will fly you, you out here to here. sit in studio. Really? I At some it. point. We'll work out a date. I don't know when. But Pookie's you can the come in. You can come in and sit in studio, be the co-host, hang out, bring the bandana and the pony. <laughs> And, and, and because I was such a dick to you. Well, that that's awesome. I appreciate Pookie. Thank you. Uh, you know, and to be honest, Steve, I mean, you're, you're hard on me a lot with the show, but I, I, and some of it, I say this all the time, I know you mean some of it, and you're, it's cr- constructive criticism in your own way, and I actually, I, I appreciate a lot of it with the wrap-up show. I've told people and how much you've helped me off the air, and uh, you know, even before I started doing this for you, uh, like A1 in 19, I asked you some questions about doing the shows and guests and how you handle certain things. And you've always been uh, upfront with me and honest and helpful. So I don't, I'm not butt hurt by any of it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was, it's funny. It's good content. It's fine. Uh, if I took that sticker off the front fender with all logos, does that make it all better or is it still too much? Which sticker? The, one, well, sticker. The, the upper sticker with all the logos, like the nose piece is one with the kefir and the, the S for the shots. I don't know. I don't, you don't even I know. Don't know. Okay. I, I don't know, Dark. So I can't picture it right now. There's Fair enough. 800 logos all over your bike. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I was doing the rate my bike thing yeah, on Twitter that crazy. Yeah. And some of those are the same way. You're just like WTF. That one guy had four places where his number was on his bike outside of his number plate. Swing arm like, also, what, yeah. What are you doing? So... Anyways, you, you know, listen, you do what you got to do, but maybe I was a bit hard on you. My belief still stands. Fair enough. We'll, we'll get you out here. Well, as you said, your, your quote was, someone has to have the awkward conversation. Yes. Look, 
That's what you're known for, right? In this industry, Steve, you uh, you say it like it is. I actually just listened to the uh, the Racer X uh, Moto Industry. I can't remember what's called the Moto Industry pod you did a few weeks ago. I guess where you talked about getting yep. into the business, and that was brought up a lot. How like you you want the sport. You want to be honest. You're going to say it like it is. You're not going to pull any punches. And I think that's why a, a part of the reason everybody is such a big fan and, and supports you is because of that. And I can't be mad at it, man. I mean, that's it's. I got to respect it. Someone needs to have the the conversation with the drunk uncle and just be like, "Hey, your drinking's out of hand." Okay, and my my so graphics like, hey, are, are that your, your stickers are out of hand. That that has to happen. Okay. So, yeah. This is Kyle. I've got a quick question for you. Yeah. What, I'm sure. Do you consider yourself to be a very kind, generous man toward the people? Somebody who's just a sweetheart and a dear that people admire. You're very generous. With, would you consider yourself as that? Mm, nah. Nah. Well, I let's mean, roll maybe. with that anyway. I like your okay. answer. We can roll with that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just roll with it. That's where it's at. You're, you're beautiful on the inside. <laughs> Thank I you. I think that we need to establish... You know, some kind of fundraising program so Dark Side can get therapy because, like, he's been abused. He's no. been tormented by. I, I'm not. You know, a, there's a lot of anti-bullying things going around, and I'm I'm worried. I'm not a millennial, man. I'm good. I'm strong, and I'm I'm going to get better. As Steve says, it's going to make me better. I'm, I'm fine. Just, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, not, to, I'm pushing him to greatness, yeah. Kyle. There you go. I, I grew up in the '80s where you didn't get a trophy for everything. If you sucked, you sucked, and hopefully you learn from it. Uh, I'm same same era as Steve Hair Nation. We're gonna we're gonna get myself a uh, sound check at some point uh, somehow. Steve, I, I know you got other things to do, man. I appreciate you coming on for a few, little bit. Uh, uh, thanks, Mason, obviously for coming on board with us, and thanks for allowing me to keep doing this, Steve. And uh, we'll yeah. we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Mason, for the support for Seal Savers. Appreciate that. Sorry about all my jack off uh, uh, tweet audience members that think it's. You know, say, seals like the, yeah. the animals. We had so that talk I, already. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. I apologize yeah, we, for that, we've but that's the beauty that for, for a while. That's the beauty of Pulp Nation, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the support, Kyle. Thank you for doing the show. Appreciate it. And uh, Dark Side, yeah, we'll uh, we'll work out uh, something where we can get you here to, to try to you know make up for the wrongs that you have been uh, <laughs> been, been done. By. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for making things right, Steve. All right, thanks, boys. All right, see ya. See ya. Have a good one. All right, that was awesome. F you, dude. Well, I, all I can tell you guys now is every time I throw my leg over my beautiful 2015 Honda CR450, I'm going to be thinking about this conversation. So Steve may have ruined, made my riding go from a 10 to like a four and a half. But that's fine. <laughs> Once that thing fires up, I'll be good. It is what it is. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about the tomahawk steak. Yeah. Or, yeah, tomahawk steak. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Remember whenever Steve was talking about like stink dog just like being in the whoops with like a chainsaw or you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff? Yeah. I think somehow like maybe for like one of these vet nationals that Steve goes to, like maybe tips can have like the tomahawk steak bone and throw it in somebody's spokes. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, that way he could re gift the gift. Yeah. Just right. bring it back full circle. Okay. <laughs> um Last thing on the graphics, and the reason I want to bring this particular uh, topic up, let me play this audio first, and I want to talk to you. Uh, well, Steve asked me what the logo was on the front fender. What's on the, uh, yeah. what, what is that thing on the front fender? This is that, getting awkward. What is that huge thing on the front fender? I sent a lot of hate. <laughs> that is uh, one of my personal sponsors that uh, coincides with, which is direct uh, 
in direct business with Seal Savers from the wrap-up show. So I obviously brain farted as I do often and couldn't think of the word direct competition, uh, but it's direct competition with you, Mason, Seal Savers, uh, a good friend of mine who owns Berm Lords and another company, Shock Socks. So, you know, you were awesome enough to come on this show, and I was trying to be respectful, but you you, you know Shand, and you know the business, the company, and uh, you said you had a couple things you wanted to mention. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no bad blood between us at all. I mean, business is business. Um, the same thing as, you know, Don Maeda will come on the Pulp Show. They both do podcasts. It is what it is. Um, I, I did know that uh, they were sponsors of your personal show. I guess I didn't realize how deep those ties really went, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but, again, no harm, no foul. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's all, it's all good over here. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of wondered, Kyle, like when you hear uh, the Pulp Show, right, it's Fly Racing's the sponsor, but then you listen to, uh, you know, maybe the Privateer Podcast or there, there's FXR Racing, right, and sometimes he's got Pro Taper and sometimes it's Renthal. I kind of always wondered, like, how those companies feel about each other and how if they're okay with that and how you handled it. And as soon as Steve texted me and told me that Seal Savers was coming on, I was like, oh, well, you know, I've known Shand for 20-something years. He's helped me out so much in the industry. Good person. Who, by the way, Mason, he, he loves your father. He met your dad and your mom in 06. Uh, says amazingly high things about your parents and, you know, the, the business of, same thing, mutual respect for Seal Savers. But I always kind of wondered how that that went down. And Shan said the same thing, man. It's a it's business. I understand. You know, this moto industry, we're all a family. It's no big deal. Uh, is that something, Kyle? Have you ever kind of wondered like about that though, like the, how the the competing sponsors work together? I did a little bit, especially seeing that format with Steve's various shows that he does. But it makes sense though, especially if you have multiple pieces of the pie. It's like, why can't everybody have a piece? Yeah, does one person have to eat the whole pie? Because obviously we want the whole pie, but it's kind of selfish, and it's not it's not self sustaining or healthy for the industry. No, like that. no, it's not. And, and I just think it's really uh, impressive to hear Mason and Shan both say, no, man, we're cool, you know, and like there's there's no, oh, no, I'm not going to do your show if you affiliate with them. That I mean, that's just it, it's, it's really I, the respect. I think anybody that hears me when I call into the show or listens to my show know that I'm not the violent guy like Steve was joking about. I'm. Like I'm sort of, I feel like I'm more like Kiefer, where I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm an emotional guy. I like people to get along, unlike Daniel Blair, who likes the drama. Uh, so I like that the, to me, this sport is a family, which is why I would help somebody put their easy up up and not leave them by themselves, Steve. But I, I appreciate that, Mason. I think it's really cool. And again, I just have much respect for you. So I think that's awesome. But that's what the big S is on the front of my front fender. So we, we can move on from that. Um, well, and nothing, nothing's more than a pain in the butt than having to pull your forks off and send them out for seals if that's, yeah, damn skippy. situations where you live. Especially since I don't have the tools, man. I mean, seal savers, the, it's a great product. It, you know, if, especially if you're you know, a weekend warrior or, you know, an amateur, you know, or a privateer and you don't have maybe the hookup to a mechanic to take care of your forks all the time put those seal savers on whether it's the zip on style or the 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 zipper style uh the slide on style they the original they do they they keep dirt out you go out and ride at loretta lentz two weeks ago when it's muddy you come off the track you go to wash your bike you pull those seal savers off and you got a clean spot 
Those, that dirt did not get in your seals. You don't have to replace them, and it's freaking awesome. So, yeah, more power. So, Mason, oh, do ahead. you think that like I, we could also like come up with a new application where maybe you could use it to try to prevent getting a certain body part? Oh, um, are we going there again? A zipper? No. Uh, <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Sorry, uh, I had to go there. All right. Um, so I mentioned the sound check. I brought it up to Steve. Steve, yeah. why won't you do a sound check with Darkside? I, 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 well, I've done sound checks forever. So? Kind of over them a little bit. Why? I, I feel like Darkside would be the perfect person to do a sound check with you. Does anybody care about Darkside's music choices? That's So, all right, first question. Well, that's a little harsh again, Steve. Does anybody care? I think some people care. I, I have people that like my show. I have people that are, I guess, they're fans, man. I mean, so I think people would care. Not a huge number like Kiefer probably, but Cade's right. I am the perfect person to do it because I love my music, and I love very similar music to what Steve likes. Uh, would either one of you – I'll start with you, Mason. I don't know if you're a music guy. Would you care? And be honest yeah, again. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I think it would be. I would be interested uh, to know what you like to listen to and what you pass your time with. I think would be interesting to know. Okay, uh, Kyle, do you care at all? I do actually. I think it'd be great because you seem to be a, a huge music fan, and I always like picking other people's brain in regard to music. I play music myself, so it's something where I'm always intrigued by it. Oh, awesome! And everybody has a different backstory with shows that they've seen. Yeah, memories that they have attached to the songs, or even why they like certain bands. Well, Steve has made a comment before, and I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but I think he believes I'm into like death metal, like Jericho is, uh, my boy Derek, and I and I do like some of that. I do like like Lamb of God and stuff, but those are not bands that are in my top five, top ten, or even top fifteen. Most of what I like, I think Steve would really like. So, I, I, I what hope... are your top three, Darkside? Well, I can't tell you that, man. We got to wait for the sound check. Well, well, I want to see it, if I want to listen to the sound check based off of that. Okay. Yeah, give us three out of 20. That's All right. A, uh, a random three out So, Great White is one of my favorite bands. Uh, House of Broken Love is one of my favorite songs. Tool is also in my top two. Um, I'd have a hard time picking a song, maybe Vicarious, maybe uh, something older. And then... There was a band in the 80s called Badlands that was like a bluesy rock band. Uh, Ray Gillen was a singer, Jakey Lee on guitar. Uh, very underrated. They put three albums out, and their song Rumbling Train is in my top five songs of all time. So those would be my probably be my top three. What do you guys think? Where does Avril Lavigne rank? I know we were talking about her earlier. Is yeah, she in the top 20? No, she's, she does not. So uh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit... I may shed a tear that Kyle compared me to Avril Lavigne later, but I will not admit it if I do. So, yeah, if you guys... Very Avril Lavigne of you to do. <laughs> Fucking... So, <laughs> yes, yes send those emails in. Send the voicemails in. Get me a sound check. Uh, last, very or two more quick topics. Outback or Roadhouse, Mason? Outback. Wow. Okay. Kyle. I wish I had a good opinion with this, but we have neither neither where I live. All so right. I can't give an educated opinion. Well, then I guess that would go to Steve, but he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> last, very last thing. Talon finally requested a intro for Tweet at the Tweet at Talon segment. Who, Kyle, you first. Do you want a new 
intro, or do you like it when they play Tits's intro for Talon? I think it's great whenever the names are mixed up. I it's, do, too. It's just very on brand. I, I totally I am with you, uh, Mason. I disagree with you both. I think uh, I think it was Steve who mentioned there should be a um, it's a tweet that blank Q and A segment or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that's yeah. a great idea, and you can kind of plug and play whoever you want. And then I think it would be really funny if he said someone else's name at that time. Ah, like tweet at Dark Side. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I uh, think that that's great too. Not what bad. What do you guys think about the the will call? What about it? What do you think about the will call? That no he didn't answer. Time and row. Yeah, and Steve poured his heart out as an apology, <laughs> trying to bring Will back into the into his warm bosom. Yeah, I, I almost called Will to see if he would come on the wrap up show, but I I think he really is trying to distance it just right now from everything. So I was kind of wondering. That was funny. I enjoyed that. We can see that Steve is can be emotional. He has some he has some compassion and some love in his heart, uh, even though he kind of made fun of the Kiefer's for their love at Loretta's. Uh, Steve likes to be, as we sort of talked about when he was on, he likes to have this image of being hard and cold, but he is a very, very kind to the people that uh, that he, he – anybody really that approaches him for the most part, but the people that he's close to, he's very, very kind. He's a good person. Guys, I think that's a wrap. Everybody stay tuned for – Hello, Pookie. I've got a really cool one coming up, and we're going to need to do some more, so I need you guys to email me, darkside at Pulpamex, and send me some topics. Send me some questions for Pookie. we got to get Pookie on here more. Once again, I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. Kyle, Mason, thank you so much. It was awesome. Uh, this may be one of the best ones so far, but once again, thank you. That's a wrap. Hello, Pookie. What's up? It's Chad Reed. Okay, fellow jerkies, find a nice, quiet place and get comfortable. It's time for Hello Pookie. She loves new kids on the block, Howard Stern and Adam C. and Cirillo. She's Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. Uh, what are your values and are you being true to them? My values? Um... <clears throat> <laughs> wow, um, I don't know that I can put something into words, really. Um, I would say at this point, I'm just, my values are that I'm just happy with, you know, my life with Steve, because that's just kind of my everyday. I don't have a lot of family nearby mm-hmm. or um, or anything. You know, my sister lives in uh, near Los Angeles, and my mom lives a couple hours away, and so does my dad. Um so I mean, I just I value honesty in our relationship and, and openness, and um, you know he's just been my best friend for like the longest time. So uh, I just value what we have and want to help him as much as I can um, with anything that he needs. Just last night we were rearranging some of the you know jerseys in the studio because he mentioned he wanted you know some to be in different spots, and so I came down and did it for him. So nice. um, yeah, I mean, I just, I value what we have. Um, that's mostly my, my day-to-day is just kind of helping him out. You know, I only work part-time. So, um, yeah, I would say I am living true to them. Um, I feel happy every single day of my life. Um, it reminds me of that, that Sex in the City scene. I don't know if there's any chicks that listen to this really, but uh, they're all sitting around after the baby shower, and they're talking about who's happy, who's happy every day. And, um, you know, none of the girls are except for Charlotte. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm happy every day. Not all day, every day, but every day. And they just look at her like she's like a mutant or something because (laughs) she's not sad and, you know, depressed in her life or something. But, yeah, no, I I definitely know that I'm lucky in this life. And I 
try to focus on the fact that I am lucky and that not a lot of people have what I have or what we have, what Steve and I have. Not just what we have, you know, with our business and stuff, but just what we have in our relationship together and yeah. being together for so long and still being, you know, so close and such good friends. And, um, yeah, it's just important that it stays that way for me. Awesome. Okay, so the next one is, if you achieved all of your life's goals, how do you think you would feel? Or maybe you have already. Um, do you set goals for yourself, like yearly, monthly, anything like, or do you have goals that you're still attain, trying to attain? Yeah, and I guess I mean I think about school and stuff, and how we <laughs> kind of talked about that a little bit ago. How like it just doesn't interest me, but yeah, um, yeah no, I don't really set goals for myself. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want to talk bad about myself, but I'm not really good with follow through or things like that. So I don't like to set myself up for failure. Uh, so I, okay. I'm trying to think of a goal that I even had for myself in the last little while, and I just feel like it sounds you know kind of bad to say that I don't have any, but. Um, no, I really don't. Okay. I, I don't I don't want to advance in my job. They offer it to me all the time. Um, I've taken steps back from my job. I used to be a supervisor in my department, and now I only work part-time. And um, that's my choice, and Steve allowed me to do that, and I'm very thankful. So, um, yeah, I guess I just, I don't know, I don't strive to, I don't know, make big improvements and, you know, or changes to anything that I have. I just Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, the next one, and it kind of goes back to the, what we talked about on number one, with uh, with with the Sex in the City thing, but what did you learn today? What made you laugh today? What did you love today? Anything to come to mind? Oh, I learned some stuff from the trainer. I went to the personal trainer today for the first time um, just because I want to try to, I don't know, do something with my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I lost, um, I lost over 50 pounds in the last year and a half, so I wanted to try to, just through dieting, so I wanted to try to, I don't know, just if I could make changes in my body. We're getting ready to go to Hawaii. And I know we're going to Cabo again. And, nice. you know, I did I did wear a bikini when I was on those trips, but, like, I wasn't feeling, like, the best. So I was just like, oh, let's see. Maybe I can be one of those chicks that, like, gets a hard body after 40. <laughs> so we'll I don't know. <laughs> that's great, though. That's, that, see, yeah, some that, girls that, that I went to high school with, I can see that they're still doing it. And, like, they go to the gym, and one of the girls competes in fitness competitions. I mean, not that I'm ever thinking about doing right. anything like that. But, I mean, going to the gym for the trainer twice a week and then maybe a two or th- like two other times by myself for right now, that's going to be fine for me. I already know that that's going to be hard for me to do because I'm pretty lazy. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. You. Go pookie go. <laughs> I feel you. Um, how about laugh or love? Was there anything that made you laugh today um, or anything that you were just, you know, that made you feel love? Um, yeah, my friend got a job today. She'd been trying to get a job for a really long time, and um, it's been really hard for her. And she actually went today, and she was discouraged about the interview process that she was going through. And um, then at the at the... And it turned out that it was okay, and they offered her the position. So I was oh. really, really happy for her because, you know, you see people that struggle or, you know, you can't do anything to help them. I'm very empathic with my feelings and with my eagerness to help and please people. So I was feeling kind of helpless not being able to help her with her job situation yeah. for the last little while. So I was definitely happy and felt very loved for her that she, you know, was able to secure that. So cause I know that it was a huge relief for her, so I felt that for her, too. Oh, fantastic. That's good. Um, okay, two more of these self-awareness questions. Okay. What would you do if you weren't scared? So, if you know, not like if there was something you were scared to do, but is there something you wanted to do, but you're scared to try? 
Yes, I would go on a helicopter tour every vacation that I went to. I would take a helicopter tour over the Las Vegas Strip. I would take a helicopter tour over the Grand Canyon, over the Hawaii Islands. We see them offered. I think that would be so cool and beautiful, and I love seeing things from the, that kind of perspective where you're high up. Um, but I'm just terrified that I'm going to die in a helicopter accident, even before Kobe, way yeah. before. My mom, for my 40th birthday, and it was going to be her 65th birthday, and she wanted to go on a helicopter ride for both of us, and I had to chicken out with a couple months to go. She kept reminding me, and I'm just like, Mom, I just really am not going to be able to do it, so I need you to just stop like talking about mm. it. She's like, really? You really don't want to do it? I'm just not going to be able to do it. Because, again, I'm not sure if the risk is worth what I'm going to get. I mean, I know it's going to be awesome, but I'm just really scared that that's going to happen to me, which is weird because I don't feel like that on a plane or anything like that. On a, like if I, if I travel for Supercross or something, I never feel like I'm going to crash. Right, right. Yeah, about the helicopter, yeah, scares me. I, I, I've never been on a helicopter, and, and it, I could see where it would be scary. Um, all right, last one. <clears throat> what are you pretending not to know? or anything that I, I thought that was a kind of a weird question but you know you some, sometimes hear the stereotype of girls like not wanting to sound smart or be embarrassed um and i don't mm-hmm. know if that's necessarily pertain just to women but i was i thought it was an interesting question if you have something yeah that that is an interesting question um I wish I could say I was pretending not to know the answers on tits versus kids <laughs> to be funny but... let's, let's edit that out and you could say that <laughs> Okay, you busted me. I really do know the answers. I just want to be funny. Right. You told me it's funnier if I don't know. So Perfect. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything for that one, pretending not to know. I can see what the question kind of means, yeah. but um, yeah, that's not really something that I would yeah do in my life. I'm not that okay. kind of girl. Mm-mm. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was fun. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?